0: I'm going to a city that's set on a hill. Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill. And someday I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow there. Oh, I'm going to a city. It lies four square. The gates are made of jasper.
1: Hello everybody, God bless you today, this is Susan Puzio and I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News Radio broadcast and we're heard on Spreaker, we're moving our main platform over to Spreaker and uh, we won't be on Blog Talk Radio for too much longer, so you can still Find us on iTunes and some other podcasting networks. But our main focus will be on Spreaker. And uh, we've moved the RSS feed over to uh, iTunes, so hopefully the people that subscribe to me on iTunes will be able to uh, pick it up via Spreaker. But yet, still on iTunes, so I just wanted to make you aware of that. Also, we have our YouTube channel under my name, Susan Puzio, and Greedy Preachers TV. Yeah, Greedy Preachers TV, there's certainly enough of that. Is it there? <laughs> Yikes. And so that's available for you. Also, uh, our two books on Amazon, President Trump's Pastor, Paula White. And really, the book uh, President Trump's Pastor, it's, it's really a book about Paula White. And I, I do focus a little bit on President Trump and his, his lack of discernment, really, when uh, he would pick somebody like Paula White, to be his spiritual advisor, it shows a, a lack of discernment and the fact that you, you don't vet people properly to see, to uh, know those who labor among you. But uh, even though there was many people that were notified about Paula White years ago. There was so many people that were sounding the alarm about her. And one of the most egregious things that she did as a so-called pastor and a so-called Christian was to uh, tell her congregation to watch pornography, to educate themselves about their sexuality in marriages. And to me... That was one of the most shocking things I think I ever heard. And there was many leaders that knew about it that were informed, such as Franklin Graham, uh, Jack Graham, Robert Jeffers, the 700 Club, uh, Charisma Magazines. Why the uh, Christian media didn't jump on the story is still very shocking to me, because I don't think I have ever heard anything so vile come from a pulpit of someone that claims to be a Christian, never mind being a pastor to a president of the United States. We're going to talk a little bit more about President Trump and the things that are going on with him, which are quite shocking. And we pray for him. We pray that God would surround him with godly people and give him godly counsel, and that he would separate himself from people that don't know God in a real way, but from people that really love the Lord, that are uncompromised in their integrity. That can uh, counsel him, and not someone like Paula White. So it's not a it's not an uh, an anti-Trump uh, hate book. It's a book about a woman who rose to the position of being a counselor to a president, who is one of the most powerful political figures on the face of the earth. Of course, there's the Pope, who is the uh, most powerful religious leader on the face of the earth. But when you have those kind of people in this, these kind of positions, it's very frightening for the church to see the compromise that men of God that knew about Paula White and what was going on with her didn't rise up publicly and denounce her and call her to repentance. It it was very shocking to me that the information was being put out there and uh, was being put out on social media. And then, of course, now I have my book, which we go into detail on many of the dishonest claims that this woman has made nomad, and uh, her association with an Antichrist cult leader, which also uh, President Trump was associated with, which is, uh, which is Mrs. Sung Sun Young Moon of the Unification Church, and Mrs. Moon claims to be God, and she claims to be literally married to Jesus Christ. She claims to be the only begotten daughter of God. She claims to be born without sin. And this is the person that both Paula White and President Trump, Mike Pence, Mike Pompeo, Jonathan Falwell among others, Newt Gingrich, they went to speak for this woman. That's very dangerous for the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And why the leaders or the so-called leaders in Christianity today haven't taken the bold stand against this because it really leads to the, uh, to help the formation of the one world government, the one world religion, I don't have the audience that, say, a Franklin Graham has, or a Jack Graham has, or a Robert Jeffers has, or, or a TBN has, or a Daystar has, or a Jim Baker has. I don't have that kind of an audience. Our audience is in the thousands, and thank God for that, that we're able to reach the people that we reach. But wouldn't it be great if uh, people with these kind of platforms would speak out against this apostasy? We're in a very dangerous time right now, a very dangerous time politically in our country. Very dangerous. It's it's something that it kind of gives you PTSD in a sense. If uh, I'm sure, many of my listeners might have been like myself. I was in ninth grade when uh, President John F. Kennedy was assassinated. It took away our innocence as a nation we felt devastated. I was young enough at the time, I I, I was only a teenager. I was probably 13 or 14 at the time. But to sit in front of your television set, and we were all glued to our televisions those days, and to see the President of the United States who... Of course, we didn't know anything about his personal life back then. They protected the president. The press had, had uh, ethics. And, but he was so charismatic and so handsome, and people really loved him. They really, really loved him, whether or not they ever really knew him, of course. But he was a very charismatic figure. And at that time, in the, in the early 60s, people were very patriotic. And so to get the word in the, in the afternoon, I remember coming over the loudspeaker at school and everybody had a heavy heart. They dismissed us from our classrooms and we went home and we were glued to the TV for the next few days, not believing what we were seeing. It was one event after another. It was first our president is shot in the head, in front of his wife. And she had to live with that horror for the rest of her life. It was so awful. And then we watched, right before our eyes, we watched Lee Harvey Oswald get assassinated, right before our eyes. Then Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated. Then Malcolm X. Was assassinated. Robert F. Kennedy was assassinated. It was almost too much to bear. the uh, The students at Kent State that were protesting the war in and in Vietnam were assassinated. Shot. for protesting. So, I know what it is to live in very turbulent times. And no, what, nobody wants to go through that again. People throw around now this whole thing with former President Trump. I don't believe for a minute he's a criminal. I have my issues with him as far as the affiliation with Mrs. Moon and then the fact that there wasn't a total ban on the use of aborted baby tissue in experiments and the vaccines, things like that. But I don't believe for one minute that he's a criminal. I don't find any joy or glee in the fact that someone went into his home and went through his house. This is the former president of the United States, and what, they're saying, what, for documents? That doesn't make any sense at all. And you see people are so happy. Oh, finally, they're going to get him. They're going to put him in jail. For what? This is a free country. People have a right to vote for whoever they want to vote for. And political figures should not be intimidated in this manner. How does that make the rest of us feel? It's enough to keep you up at night. Thinking about somebody coming into your house and going through your house, through your drawers, through your closets, through your flying cabinet, trying to find something to make you look like a criminal. It was totally, totally unwarranted. But then again, after after living through the horror, the, the horror of the 1960s, and what was it about for most of the men that it was about hate? It was about hate and and what, what did people hate some of these men for because of their rhetoric, what they were saying. They wanted to put a stop to what they were saying. It wasn't that John F. Kennedy or Dr. Martin Luther King or Malcolm X or Robert F. Kennedy. It wasn't about anything except hate and hate of their rhetoric to stop them from talking so that people wouldn't be swayed by their words. Of course, with uh, President Kennedy, there was some. I think he wanted to disband the CIA, and, and uh, he didn't want to uh, expand the war in Vietnam. There was there were certain political things that went on where. We'll probably do a program about this in the future where. People wanted him taken out. Just like they want to do the same thing with President Trump, it's no joke to talk like that and to have people talking like that and and to be overjoyed because of somebody's demise. It's so sick, it's so sick. And we as Christians, we can't ever allow ourselves to think like that, that, oh, well that person's my enemy. So what do I care if they live or die? It's so hard to believe. It's so hard to believe that people can be so callous and so cold. But if you go back and you look at some of the speeches of... uh, John F. Kennedy, you you can also go back and look at some of the speeches from Senator Joe McCarthy. He was villainized for trying to expose communists in our government. Well, (laughs) he wasn't wrong. You you can see it now. You can see it now. We don't like you. We don't like you, uh, Donald Trump. So we're going to do everything we can to make your life miserable, to have this lawsuit and that lawsuit, and, and uh, finally, we're not going to even let you have any peace at home. We're going to start coming into your house to intimidate you because we don't like your rhetoric. We don't like what you believe in. Isn't that a sign of things to come for true believers in the Lord Jesus Christ? Oh, we don't like your rhetoric. We don't like you quoting those hateful Bible scriptures. We talk about the end times. We talk about the book of Revelation. Like it's something that may happen in the future, but we're kind of seeing some of it play out now, <laughs> which is almost too shocking to bear. When you see your... And, and like I said, from being a teenager in the 1960s, we had a taste of it of the uh, government overreach of the protesters and uh, some of them use violence which we never condone I never condone the use of violence peaceful protesting is fine you should be allowed to peaceably protest if you don't agree with something but we saw people getting shot. We saw people getting arrested. People were being spied on. Their phone conversations were being listened to. Uh, You can go back and look at some of these events on some of the video channels that happened during the 1960s. It was very, very turbulent. So when I think back on it now, and I... And it is like a form of PTSD. Don't do this to me again. I have those memories, and, and they're, etched, they're etched in our memory of sitting in front of a TV set and watching your president die in front of you. Yeah. It, it's something you never want to live through again, and it's something that people should never think about and find any joy in the fact that you could try to take somebody out to silence them. You can't silence the truth. You can't silence the truth. When you look back in history, even the history of Christianity, the history of Christianity and all that Christians had to suffer over the years, the persecution that Christians had to go through. The the Colosseum where they threw Christians to the lions as sport, where every one of the apostles except John the Revelator died as a martyr for their faith. Where we had an inquisition where Christians were burned at the stake. Some for translating the Bible. Like Wy- Wycliffe and Tyndale, someone like Martin Luther, who, of course, was trying to reform the Catholic Church, and then he broke away and became a Lutheran, and they wanted to kill him because he was trying to reform a beast. It's not a time to play, and I'm watching these events unfold in front of me. And uh, we really have to pray for uh, Donald Trump and for his protection and for his family's protection. In this country, we're supposed to have freedom to choose who we want to be our leaders and nobody should interfere with that as far as trying to harass somebody to, the, to uh, get them to do what you want them to do. It's up to the people of this country to decide who they want to lead them. And nobody should interfere with that, whether you like the person or not. We're still supposed to have those freedoms. We're supposed to have laws. But I I, uh, remember a situation where someone was telling a, a police officer about a criminal. And they were telling the police officer that there was a stalker in the neighborhood and a man with a history of crimes, larceny, and different things like that. And the police officer said, what do you want me to do? Discriminate against them? Yeah, don't, don't discriminate against so them. They have a criminal record. I can't discriminate against them. This was the new thinking. They just fired this attorney general they had here in Florida, which was a Soros appointee. And they were bringing in these these programs where they, they uh, were going soft on criminals. So Governor DeSantis fired him. And I... I I understand what he's talking about, because that story that story <laughs> that story kind of floored me where a police officer would say about a criminal about a stalker. "What do you want me to do? Discriminate against them?" I'm like, "Yeah, uh, I do." Yeah, sure. Like Would you want a stalker living next door to your wife or your teenage daughter? I don't think so or you wouldn't want to look out for that person. And you see it now. You see these uh, crimes being committed, and people aren't getting bail. Uh, Lawlessness abounds in the day we're living in. What you might get prosecuted for, somebody else might be committing the same kind of thing, but selective prosecution is very real now. We're seeing it. Who can we get justice from? We can only get justice from God. We can only get justice from God, and we need God more than ever. But like I said, I've had, I have my issues with Donald Trump, and I wouldn't vote for him again for uh, the fact of this association with Mrs. Moon and the uh, use of the... I would have to hear him say that he was going to totally ban the use of aborted baby tissue in in experiments, totally ban it, not halfway ban it, and also to disavow his association with Mrs. Moon and some other people some other things, the vaccines that uh, have injured people. Some people claim they've been helped by them, but also many people have been injured by these experimental vaccines. They, they were experimental. So I have my issues uh, where he's concerned, but I am not in favor at all of this ongoing persecution of this man and breaking into his home, looking for documents, so what? He was president of the United States. He could classify and declassify documents. Presidents take documents. Barack Obama, when he left the White House, took 30 million documents because he wanted to digitize the documents for his library. They do it all the time. I don't know exactly what... There's more to this story. It's not just about documents. It's not... If they wanted documents, they already sent a subpoena and they complied with this subpoena a few months ago. And if they wanted more documents, they could have supplied a a subpoena and they didn't have to do these... uh, Gestapo-like tactics at a man's home. It has to leave us rattled, totally. And then the powers that be are gleeful about a new spending bill that's going to weaponize even more so the IRS against the citizens of this country by hiring almost 90,000 new IRS agents and buying millions of dollars worth of ammunition. And what's that all about? What's that all about? It was like somebody said last night, why don't they spend the money on getting... The schools armed, as far as having armed guards or police protection in all the schools of America, or protecting our border. No, they're going to go after people for their uh, taxes. I believe people should pay their taxes. I absolutely believe that. You should pay your taxes. But... This kind of these kind of strong arm tactics and and uh, trying to instill fear in people. It doesn't make any sense to the natural mind, but of course, as Christians, we look at things differently because we look at things. As far as uh, scripture goes, and I wanted to play, I was listening to uh, Revelation the other day, Revelation 6, and something stood out to me. Wow, and it really stood out to me that in Revelation 6 it says that God is going to take peace from the earth. That's a big statement. And we can kind of see that
2: Happening now, let me play it. Or when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, "'Come and see.' And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, "'Come and see.' And I beheld and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand." And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, And three measures of barley for a penny, And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold a pale horse, And his name that sat on him was Death, And hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God, and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? and white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season, until their fellow-servants also, and their brethren, that should be killed as they were, should be fulfilled. And I beheld, when he had opened the sixth seal, and, lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind and the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together and every mountain and island were moved out of their places
1: shall be able to stand? Revelation 6, 4, and there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth. I think all of us this week felt like our peace was being taken away from us. It's shocking. It, it, it was all very shocking. All of it. And, it. and it comes from hate. It comes from hate. We hate you. And we're going to shut you up. You, you can't. Nobody can shut up the truth. There's too many of us out there that love truth. And... They could try all they want to silence people, but there's still going to be people, and there always has been throughout history, that are going to continue to tell the truth and speak the truth. And they should be allowed to do so, whether you like it or not, whether you like what the Democrats are saying, or you like what the Republicans are saying, or you like what... uh, some apologetics ministries are saying, people that are reporting on the heresy and the apostasy. We have to look at it through the lens of truth. And of course, the Bible says that God's word is true. Thy word is, is true and a lamp unto my feet and a light upon my path. Nobody's been able to silence the church of the Lord Jesus Christ no matter what persecution has come and there's such a parallel with what's going on politically because they don't like certain people because of their rhetoric and so they have to demonize them they have to create false narratives and and, uh, propaganda to get people to hate the person without even really knowing why they hate the person. But you could see how easy it is to put out stories, to put out information, and to sway the public at large to believe a lie instead of believing the truth. Everybody's supposed to be assumed innocent in this country until proven guilty. And even sometimes people can be proven guilty in a court of law and they're not guilty. Because you see it if you watch any of these crime shows and these court shows, and the prosecutor will get up and say, This is how we believe it happened. It doesn't, and that shouldn't be allowed in a court in the first place. That's how you believe it happened. I don't want to know how you believe it happened because if it was me on trial, I would certainly want evidence, not this is how you believe it happened. And then they create a narrative and they spin the narrative about the person. This is how it happened. And I'm thinking to myself, I wouldn't want that to be me. Okay, the guy could be guilty. But you don't have the evidence to prove he's guilty. You just have your narrative of how you think it happened. That shouldn't be allowed in a court of law. It should never be allowed that the person that's prosecuting you or persecuting you can say, I think she did this, and I think he did this. Because anybody could say anything about you, and they do. Anybody could make up any kind of a story without having one iota of proof that it ever happened. You see it all the time. People come into courtrooms and they lie because they don't like the person. Uh, The person did something to me, so I don't like that person, so I'm going to lie. And then they have the, they bring in the jailhouse snitches without, if you're going to bring in a jailhouse snitch, I want to hear a recording. I want to hear that he had a listening device or she had a listening device and she actually recorded the person saying the things that you say they're saying because One time I saw this story where they brought in a jailhouse snitch and they later found out, they believed the jailhouse snitch at first, but then they later found out that the jailhouse snitch was lying. So they asked the person, why did you lie? Oh, because I got out of my cell and I was going to get some Cokes and cigarettes. Yeah. So I don't want to hear, I want to see evidence If we put something out there, everything in my book uh, about Paula White was documented with documents and evidence. We didn't say anything in there that we couldn't prove. We didn't make anything up about her just to uh, create a sensation. Everything's been documented. And that's what we have to do. You have to document things with evidence before you accuse people of things. That's how people get sued, too, in this country. They uh, And I I don't believe in these kind of lawsuits, like uh, they had a lawsuit recently against uh, Alex Jones, and I don't agree with everything Alex Jones says or does, believe me, but uh, I don't think that... Somebody should sue somebody for $250 million for putting out a story, a false narrative, and totally try to destroy somebody and take everything they own because they, they uh, put out a false narrative. The news media does that all the time. They do it all the time. They put out... False stories. So, what are you supposed to do? If you want to file a lawsuit, okay, file a lawsuit. And if you want damages, get some damages. But don't try to totally destroy somebody's life because they said something that was wrong. They used to call it the politics of personal destruction, and it is. We're not, as Christians, we're not supposed to be into destroying people, but to let people know about heresy, about false teachers, about false doctrines, things that matter to the body of Christ and things that matter to people's salvation. And And we're supposed to know those that labor among us. We're supposed to expose wolves. And hopefully we pray for their restoration, for their, there's nothing God can't forgive, nothing. But you see these kind of things going on where somebody does something or somebody says something that someone doesn't like, so what do they want to do? They want to crush them and then, when they get them down for the nine count, they want to go for the 10 count. And then, while they're going for the 10 count, they want to step on their head and crush them because they said something about me. And I see these kind of things going on on the internet between different factions. And that's not Christianity. <laughs> you know just because somebody said something about us. Let's crush them. Let's talk about what matters as far as you expose the wolves, expose their hypocrisy. Most of all, expose the false doctrine. That's very important. And then pray and hope for their restoration if they, if they can be restored. Some of them are reprobates. Yeah, some of them are reprobates and no matter what you do, they're not going to change. But God's mercy and grace has been extended to all of us. So we have to keep that in mind. It's easy to hate. Yeah, it's easy to hate. And we're supposed to hate evil. God says, yeah, hate evil. And he he even says in uh, Proverbs that there were six things that he hated. So, yeah, there's a room for hating certain things. But as far as like trying to crush people and take everything they own because they said something about us, and... No. No. I don't delight in that if we don't have compassion as Christians then we're in trouble. You know, we're in big trouble. So here's William Tyndale, for instance. We talked about this about William Tyndale, now yeah, why was he hated? Because of his rhetoric, William Tyndale remembered for his translation of the Bible into English. For this, the Catholic Church killed him. He was tried for heresy, choked, impaled, and burnt on a stake in 1536. It was his rhetoric that was the crime that he committed. and it's a warning for us today it's a warning for us today so we shouldn't hate people because of their rhetoric feel sorry for we could feel sorry for them we can feel compassion for them we can hate evil we can not like what they're saying what they're promoting but to wish for people uh, to die, to be hurt. Oh, it's so easy to say for somebody to be arrested. Did anybody ever see, have a family member that was arrested? If anybody ever went through that, you it's horrible. Even if, even if they are a criminal, and they've done something horrible. It is traumatic to see a loved one in handcuffs and being and in a jail cell. It's easy to say, yeah, lock them up, whatever, but yeah. But anybody that's been through that experience, no, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's like the Bible says, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. So it's so easy for us to get in the flesh and to uh, think, well, I don't like that person. I don't like what they're saying. And you get carnal thoughts. We have to cast down those imaginations. The Bible says, casting down imaginations in every high thing. That exalts itself against the knowledge of God. This is God's world. So it doesn't matter what the Democrats are doing or the Republicans are doing, God is sovereign and he's still in charge. He's still on the throne here. So some of these people are going to be in for a rude awakening, a very rude awakening. Because they think they're all powerful and they're almighty. There's only one that's all powerful and almighty. Here's a, here's a, uh, Clip about this new IRS regulation.
3: Democrats plan to expand the IRS with nearly 90,000 new agents.
4: What could possibly go wrong? Well, now one of those federal job postings is raising eyebrows. According to the IRS website itself, if you're looking for a job, you would read this one and it would say that new special agents must be able to legally carry a firearm. And if necessary, you've got to be willing to use deadly force. At the IRS. Now, I would expect that for the CIA, but the IRS catches me by surprise, so let's bring in Mike Baker. He used to do that for a living. Mike, are you surprised the IRS wants you armed and willing to use that firearm? <laughs> well, I think given, given the idea of the IRS expansion, maybe the, the optics of that job posting are not particularly good. Uh, look, what they're talking about here are the special agents who work within the criminal investigations element of the IRS. It's a relative, right now, it's a relatively small operation. There's about 2,000 of them. Uh, They've got 20 some odd offices in the U.S. and and some overseas postings. Uh, And they're looking to expand that group, obviously, along with everything else, apparently, that the IRS is going to do. Now, these special agents uh, have really unique uh, abilities, unchallenged abilities to collect uh, tax data, financial information, uh, oftentimes, I guess, in support of larger criminal investigations. Uh, But much like everything else the government does, the messaging is off. Do you really need in your job posting to say willing to use deadly force to collect your tax data? (laughs) Right. Uh, Yes.
3: Especially after everything that's happened this week. Uh, So the spokesperson for the IRS uh, is denying that it was ever deleted. The. The the posting was there yesterday morning, and then we couldn't find it yesterday afternoon. It's back up right now. We were able to find it right before we had you on. And this is what Mm -hmm. the spokesperson says The IRS criminal investigation special agent job announcement continues to be open on USA Jobs and has not, was not taken down. USA Jobs is where these positions are posted and where applicants are referred to in order to apply. The announcement has been open since February 22 Mm -hmm. and continues through December 31st of this year. that sparked a lot of uproar online, people wondering why the IRS would need to be armed. What do you say?
4: Well, yeah, I, well, I, combined with the fact that there was there was some release of information showing that the IRS uh, spent, you know, just, just south of a million dollars for ammunition earlier but, this year. Ah. Uh, again, it's it's like, it's like what they're doing. They, if they, if they were just, it's whether it's the Mar-a-Lago, uh, you know, a raid and the notion that, The FBI and the DOJ must have known uh, what this was going to cause, a firestorm that this would cause. So instead of saying we have to have our messaging straight, we have to be transparent uh, at the very beginning of this, They don't. And and still no real word. The IRS is doing the same thing, right? If you say you're going to expand your government agency by $80 billion, you should probably sit down and collectively come up with a message at the outset of this. They didn't do that. So they were playing cleanup like they always do. And then eventually the Democratic operatives get a, a narrative out there. And so the past couple of days they've been out there saying, well, look, I mean, this is simply to go after the wealthy. We haven't been able to because the IRS has been underfunded for all these decades and now we want to give it a boost in the arm. So all they're going to do is go after the wealthy people. Well, that's ridiculous because a lot of estimates indicate that, you know, most of the money is going to come from middle-class audits. Well, that is. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, Oh, God help us. It was quite shocking when I saw that story and that job posting What is this? Dear Lord. Help. If God doesn't help us, nobody can. Amen? Nobody can. Well, last week we talked a little bit about, I had mentioned to you about uh, Kenneth Copeland getting a pacemaker and Gloria Copeland seems to be suffering from dementia. And nobody should rejoice and say, "Oh well, yikes! They're heretics and they're false teachers, and they taught healing." So, ah, you know, you can have a aha moment that they're sick. Nobody should rejoice uh, in the fact that somebody's sick. That's that's not Christianity oh well you deserved it because you told people they could get healed and they should never get sick and they they told people that they didn't have to get sick and in every situation they can be healed yeah they did but so did they deserve to be sick does your mother or your sister or your wife deserve to get dementia because uh one at one time you believed the wrong doctrine, no, no nobody would want that to happen to their family. So we're not supposed to wish that on other people and uh, to find any enjoyment in that at all, which i didn't I didn't post anything on uh, The internet about it because I didn't want people saying that. Well, oh well, they they deserved it or they were false. They're false uh, false teachers. No, no, I wouldn't want anybody saying that about my family or people that I love. God is the ultimate judge for uh, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. I, I, uh, I think it has to be devastating, especially for him to have his wife in the condition that she's in right now. When you have a sick family member, you realize that you really can't do anything about it except pray. Pray. And hope that God heals them or God has compassion on them. But you realize even though you pray for the sick and you believe in healing and yet your loved one is sick with something that you cannot control. You really realize you're not in control when you have a sick family member. And I think it has to be that way for the Copelands. Because they can't say enough prayers, they can't make enough faith confessions to make it go away in their own strength. And uh, I I would think that that would have to be very difficult for them. But
5: anyway, I'm going to play these audios. I, um... Uh, first of all, let me show you what the new CD looks like. If you could bring that up, please. There it is. We've been married 60 years, four months and 18 days. She was going to be here tonight and uh, she was going to come and then something happened where she couldn't and I'm going to tell you why. People wondered why she just was doing healing school and everything was fine and suddenly she's just not there anymore. She and I went to a meeting in Houston and uh, being conducted by two of our very, very good friends and I lied and told one pastor of the church, this is the first year of Old Roberts University, I said, I think I'm supposed to go to ORU. I knew better than that. I knew I was supposed to. He said, I know that's going to be a good school, but I can teach you here anything. that." But see, I didn't realize the connection. It wasn't about the school anyway. I thought, well, now I'm not going to have to go up there because we don't have any money. So I decided that we would drive up through Marshall, Texas, go over to Arkansas and tell Gloria's mother and dad what I had decided we were going to do. Halloween night, 1966, I was driving a Buick Riviera. And back in those days, I didn't pay any attention to the speed laws either. So I was breaking the law all night long. got to Marshall and I came up over this hill and it was a two-lane highway. And then coming into Marshall, it spread out like this. And there was a caution light. It was yellow on my side and red on the other side. And there was a Ford station wagon sitting there. Well, it was just sitting there waiting. Got up there to it and it just pulled out in front of me. Well, I swung the thing to the right just as hard as I could and clipped the the right part of that, and the two cars came together and then went off in a bar ditch, nose down in that bar ditch. Kelly was in the back seat by herself, and she'd been asleep. John was so small, he was on a pillow. And so... And it just smashed the whole door on this left side. And I hit that door and, and it opened. Got out of it. Went around to the other side. Got Kelly and I finally found John. He was just a baby. Well, I went to the hospital and, and Gloria had the flu really bad. And so I knew what I'd done. And um, I was there in, the, in this large hospital room, repenting with all my heart, everything I could. And the next morning, I called my dad, and they came and picked us up. And my dad and I drove, we found out where that car was. Now, back in those days, there was no padded dash. There were no airbags. The steering wheel was wrapped around the steering column, and I was a little sore in the chest. There was a half-moon dent in that steel dashboard board where her head hit that cross here. Well, you know, the next morning, she didn't have any more flu symptoms, and so we just went on about our business. And and I kept, in my heart, I kept going back to that. And then some people said, well, no, 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 no. But this man right here, Dr. Avery Jackson, a neurosurgeon, he is a brain specialist. I contacted him. And I described all that whole scenario. I said, do you think she had a concussion? He said, oh, no, Brother Copeland, she had a traumatic brain injury. Well, that explained everything. And we went along. We were just doing fine. You know, went to Old Roberts University and did all that and... Everything just looked fine and gone out, and she began to teach and preach, but then these symptoms began to take place. And so she would have little, many seizures. She'd say, Kenneth, I, I, I just all of a sudden, I can't remember what I just said or what I was about to say. And she said, I hope this never happens to me in an interview or anything. I said, well, let's just pray and believe God. But we did not know what we were up against. And it went on year after year after year. I explained all of these to Dr. Jackson. He said, those are classic symptoms of traumatic brain injury eventually caused very serious sleep apnea, which she would hold her breath so long it was frightening. That took oxygen away from her brain and it began to shrink. But we're people of faith. Glory to God. Every day, of the world the first thing I do when I get up I have it on my bathroom window or mirror I just have healing scriptures right there and put her name in it she is the love of my life
1: yeah yeah. It's it's uh, a real trial for them, I'm sure. A real trial. I, I don't think we'll be seeing Gloria appearing in public anymore. And here's the other uh, audio about Kenneth getting a pacemaker.
5: All had heart difficulties. Well, the Copeland family didn't, but I took after the Owens family and I favored my, my uncle so much that, that people thought I was his son. Well, my heart started going in the same direction that theirs did. And I was preaching in a prison, got short of breath, never did have any pain with it. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this to you specifically for, for a reason I'm not bragging on me. Uh Well, we got in the got in the airplane that night, and Dwayne was on the ramp there at a over oh, close to Dallas, Lancaster. And I got short of breath, and so I just sat down in the airplane, and uh, eight forty-two in the evening. I'll oh, never forget it. And I just began to pray in the spirit, and the word of the Lord came to me. He said. I have given you a new heart. So I received that. I took it. I said, I believe that. I have a new heart. Now, we came to, to uh, Jesse and, and, and Kathy's for a Sunday morning. So I invited people to come up that had any kind of heart situation. And the thing that would happen to my heart, the heartbeat, it got out of rhythm and and my my heart rate would go and I could feel it. So I started laying hands on people that had any type of heart situation. Well, I didn't want to quit flying. And so I had to have a, I had to pass the physical. So I looked into it and everything I had to do to pass that, something called a Bruce protocol, which is the granddaddy of stress tests. It's only nine minutes long, but uh, so I prayed about it and uh, went to work. I have a new heart, but it took corresponding action. Now believe believed it, and, and and so they said that I needed a pacemaker. I said, "Okay, Lord, I'll I'm, I'll, just, I'll just I'll just I'll just I'll just I'll just believe God." He said, No, you're too far behind the power curve. In other words, this has gone on too long. Take the pacemaker by faith. Now, the FAA had history with pacemakers because they work. But this one had a defibrillator in it where it would, I set it off a couple of times on the treadmill. (laughs) And it gets your attention. But I backed off of it and began to slow down and began to work. And Keith and Phyllis Moore had given me a treadmill that would, most of them, the incline won't go but to 10 degrees.
1: So that's the story. It was kind of odd, though, at this uh, Southwest Believers Convention a couple of weeks ago, because they were still telling everybody that every, everybody should be healed and... And uh, he says, God gave me a new heart, but I took a pacemaker. Well, that's not God giving you a new heart. (laughs) He still doesn't want to say it. He he doesn't want to say it. Nobody wants to be sick. Nobody wants heart disease. Especially nobody wants dementia. You don't. That must be horrible, and thank God I never had to deal with that with my own parents. But my father lived to be 93, and uh, my mother was like a month away from 91, and they didn't have dementia. And uh, I often wondered what it would be like, though, if your parent didn't recognize you and didn't know who you were. That must be awful. It must really be awful. So I pray for the Copelands that it would be great if he would repent of his false teachings and and, uh, some of the terrible statements he's made about the Lord Jesus Christ going to hell and some of the other statements they've made over the years about being little gods and I am God and and uh, making people feel condemned because they didn't get healed in the way that the Word of Faith people teach. And now Kenneth is facing his own mortality, and uh, he's got a wife that may not recognize him as time goes by. And that's devastating. It's devastating to, uh, to anyone. To any family, whether you agree with them or you don't agree with them, but I was amazed that he even said anything because I he wouldn't he wouldn't have to tell people he got a pacemaker, and uh, of course I guess people wondered why Gloria wasn't at this convention, so maybe he had to say something about it. But you hope that they come to realize that just because somebody gets sick doesn't mean they don't have enough faith or they have sin in their life or one of the other things that the word of faith pe- uh, preachers like to tell people and then to make people be ashamed because somebody died sick. When a Christian dies, they get healed in the ultimate way. They're they no longer living in these bodies. And uh, sometimes you want to take your body and drop it off at Kmart and for the blue light special, like you're, you know, <laughs> as time goes on and you start getting older, things start falling apart, whether you like it or not. And I I laugh with my cousin because we're both in our seventies, and we and we say, yeah, you look okay until you bend over and everything starts hanging down. <laughs> There wouldn't be enough plastic surgery in the world to pick it all up, right? (laughs) And some of my sisters out there know what I'm talking about. But we can grow old gracefully, and uh, I don't feel any different, even though I'm up there in my years. But in my mind, I'm still 20, amen? (laughs) Anyway, I know I had somebody make a comment about uh, something I said. I don't know if it was on YouTube or whatever, and they, they made the comment that she's old. <laughs> yeah, I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in years, but not in my mind. I don't feel any different than I did when I was. Twenty or 30, you you're still. I'm still Susan, and uh, I. The older you get, you realize you, you realize things about getting older, and uh, yeah, young younger people don't realize it's it's going to happen to everybody though.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: whether you whether you want it or not, it's going to happen. Anyway, I wanted to close with this last audio. I was shocked. I don't really know that much about this guy, Rick Wiles. I'll probably do a program about him in the future, but he has something that they call true news. And I was flipping the channels a couple weeks ago and I saw this program on the Word Network, Rick Wiles, and he was he was telling people that they were gonna get miracle money. And this is what he was telling people. It's shocking.
6: promise to split it it 50-50 between yourself and me, this ministry. We both have financial pressures. We both need miracle money. You can apply your half to gasoline, utilities, rent, mortgage, groceries, whatever you need. I'll apply my half to the $100,000 television airtime bill. This is a win-win deal. You get the money you need, and I get the money I need, and God gets the glory that he desires. I have faith that God will give you miracle money by August thirty-first, 2022. The 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews tells us this vital principle. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, don't you want to be pleasing to God? You must have faith in God to reward you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's not faith. Giving you a $100, send a $100 to Rick Wiles, and... He's telling you you're going to get, he gets to keep half, whatever money you get, he was telling people that within 30 days, whatever money you get within 30 days after you send him a donation, you have to give him half of that money. Yeah, and then he's saying that's faith. No, faith is I just ask God for for what I need, and I don't have to send any money to any TV preacher to get miracle money. I get my own miracles by asking God to give me miracles. I don't have to buy them. I couldn't believe what he was saying. Yeah. He wants you to feel obligated that when after you send your donation and you get miracle money, that anything that comes in after that, you have to give him half. <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I was like, guy is too much. Anyway, we'll do a program about him in the future, but I wanted to read this scripture in Proverbs, Proverbs 6 and 16. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Yeah, those are six things God hates. And those also should be things that we hate. They should be things that we hate. So be encouraged, saints. We are in some turbulent times. Let's really remember to pray for uh, former President Trump, for his protection, his family's protection. I don't like what they're doing. I don't think anybody should be happy about what's going on especially where it pertains to him i pray that god sends him godly people that really love the lord uh to pray for him to counsel him and uh that's my prayer and i i uh, i pray for him i pray for the current president and uh Like I said before, it's easy to hate people because of their rhetoric and uh, for the evil things that they're doing, but we have to keep our hearts pure, and we realize there's only one king, there's only one real president of this country, and his name is Jesus. He's the king of kings and the lord of lords, and so we keep our mind stayed on him, and he holds the future. We have to be prepared for anything but I don't want to see any harm come to any of these politicians and nobody else should either. Nobody else should either. But there there may be people out there today and you say well there's all these horrible things going on in the world, and I'm hurting, I'm suicidal, and, and uh, I have all kinds of addiction issues, and I have other issues. I don't know what to do. There is somebody that can save you from all that, and his name is Jesus. There's no politician that can save you, there's no pastor that can save you, there's no boyfriend or girlfriend that can save you, there's no husband or wife that can save you. There's only one savior. And his name is Jesus Christ. Romans 3.10 says, There is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5 and 8, But God commendeth his love toward us in that, While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 10.13 For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus Christ said in the third chapter of John that you must be born again. First you're born of your mother, and then you must be born again of the Spirit of God. It doesn't come through baptism. It comes through confessing your sins, asking God to forgive you of your sins, and asking the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your life and to be your Lord and Savior. Salvation is very simple. Don't try to figure it out. But truly, you will will get a miracle, and your life will change when you surrender it to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The world is in turmoil right now. We've just been through a horrible pandemic that's affected each and every one of us. And we're probably heading, heading into uh, war, more wars and rumors of wars and, and food shortages and political upheaval. Uh, we need Jesus more than ever now. So be comforted in knowing that he loves you, and he'll be there for you. If you want to contact me, you can email me, susan at propheticnews.com. I will read your email, and I'll answer it. So God bless you today. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I appreciate your listening over all these years, since 2009, when we first went on the air with our broadcast. And here we are in 2022. Wow. 13 years. (laughs) I can hardly believe it myself. But anyway, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it so very much. God bless you all.
0: Could be the name.